The world of college athletics is filled with controversy. Corruption, shady recruiting practices, and scandals are prevalent in all college athletics. But there is one debate that arises every year throughout media outlets around the country. The debate as to whether college athletes deserve to be paid. College athletics is a multi-million dollar industry. According to Forbes magazine's list of most valuable college football teams, the University of Michigan's football program brought in $127 million in revenue per year from 2014 to 2016 and sold out their stadium, the Big House, for almost every game over that span. Their stadium seats over 100,000 people every week, more than any NFL stadium. College football is no small business. College basketball can also be a very lucrative business. The cheapest tickets for a showdown between Duke and North Carolina on February 20th sold for $2,500. Keep in mind the cheapest ticket for the Super Bowl on February 3rd went for $2,674, just over $150 more, and the Super Bowl is considered the pinnacle of all professional sports. With all this money flowing through college sports, it is ripe for corruption, and many consider what is going on in college sports to be just that. Many say that universities are exploiting these kids, making millions of dollars while the kids never see a penny of it. But is paying these athletes the answer? Today we will look at four different perspectives. First, my own. Second, the perspective of the NCAA. Third, the perspective of collegiate coaches who spend so much of their time with these athletes and often get paid millions themselves. And fourth, the perspective of the athletes themselves. My Perspective I was originally going to come on and argue that college athletes deserve to be paid, at least those in sports that make colleges an insane amount of money like football and basketball. But after talking to different people and compiling research on other perspectives, my beliefs changed, and I realized that this was unrealistic. It would be near impossible for the NCAA to just pay certain athletes. I understand that with the arguments surrounding the gender wage gap, if the NCAA only paid the athletes who made the most money for their schools football and basketball, there would be public uproar. People would argue that the girls lacrosse players should be making as much as the star quarterback, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I do realize why that might cause problems for the NCAA. Even though I don't believe that paying athletes salaries is the answer, I do think that there are ways to provide compensation to those special athletes who are making millions and providing publicity for their schools. Under current rules, not only does the NCAA not pay their athletes directly, they also abide by a policy of amateurism, meaning athletes cannot receive endorsement money or compensation for their own likeness on the open market. This means star players cannot sign sponsorship deals with companies like Nike or Under Armour until they leave school. I think the NCAA should lift these restrictions. This would allow these players who are generating millions of dollars for their schools to be able to be paid because those are the type of players that are offered sponsorships, and it would take the NCAA completely out of the equation, preventing them from having to pay all of their athletes, because they wouldn't be the ones paying these top athletes. The NCAA The NCAA completely rejects the idea of paying salaries to their athletes. NCAA President Mark Emmert gave his perspective on the topic and responded to the proposition of only paying football and basketball players by saying the following. These are educational universities and colleges that are conducting these games, and you have to abide by the educational laws of the United States. You've got to provide women with the same opportunities and support that men receive. 
if you were going to pay salaries to male athletes, you'd have to do the same thing for female athletes. And you'd have to come up with some explanation to the federal government as to why you would possibly not do it for one group versus another. And I think that's completely untenable. Emmert is worried about having to pay every athlete and shares why it would be almost impossible to pay just those athletes that make the most money for schools. Emmert also expressed concern that paying football and or basketball players would force athletic departments to eliminate other sports as they would no longer be useful to them. The NCAA considers all of its athletes amateurs and considers and since it considers its athletes amateurs and not professionals, it forbids them to accept payment in any form or the promise of payment, sign a contract with any agent or professional sports organization, or use their athletic skills for pay in any form, such as TV commercials. The NCAA defines an amateur athlete as someone who participates purely for the love of the sport and does not expect compensation for athletic performance. Overall, the NCAA rejects the idea of paying its athletes because they, they believe that it would be impossible to just pay those athletes who make the most money for their schools and because they consider their athletes amateurs, not professionals, and they therefore play for the love of the game, not for financial compensation. College Coaches The perspective of college coaches regarding paying college athletes probably varies the most out of any group we will be discussing today. Since it would be impossible to gather the perspectives of every different coach and ignorant to attribute the views of a few coaches to all of them, I'm letting you know now that today I will be discussing the views of a few of the premier coaches of college athletics, and their views do not necessarily represent those of every college coach. Alabama football coach Nick Saban, who's led the Crimson Tide to five titles in the last 11 years, speaks to the value of the scholarship and the other benefits given to college athletes, even if they are not paid directly, saying, We can't pay them, but we can reinvest in trying to help them be successful in their future. There's a lot of value in that players get from their experiences that they have as college student-athletes that really benefit their chances of being successful. I know that the fact that I played college football and got a scholarship helped me be very, very successful, which he is, as he now makes over $7 million a year coaching Alabama football. And I can't, and I really can't tell you what the value of that is, but I think it's pretty significant. Coach Saban speaks from personal experience about the importance of an athletic scholarship, and it seems to be his belief that the value of the scholarship is plenty for college athletes, and there is no need to pay them on top of it. Another elite coach, Duke basketball's Coach K, expressed his beliefs on the topic, saying that the NCAA needs to find a new definition of amateurism and not be so controlling of the players' lives outside of sports, while also acknowledging the great strides that the NCAA has made and how much better players are treated now than in years past. Overall, the opinions of coaches vary, but I would say that most are on the side that paying players directly is not the answer. Their perspective is important to consider as they have a front row seat to the benefits of college athletics for players and how it impacts their everyday lives. Many of them were also once college athletes themselves and can speak to the impact it had on their lives. College players. The majority of college athletes see no excuse as to why they should not share in some of the millions of dollars they, of revenue they generate for the NCAA. After all, they are the ones playing the games, right? CBS Sports and Turner pay over $1 billion per year just to broadcast the NCAA March Madness Tournament. 
but the ones that people are paying to see, the athletes, will not see a single penny of it directly. The athletes are the ones who routinely go out and put their bodies on the line, and we've seen far too many cases of devastating injuries that can affect athletes for the rest of their lives. Some have even gone as far as to compare the exploitation happening in college athletics to slavery and describe college sports as a plantation economy. These comparisons come from the fact that when an athlete signs with a team under the NCAA, they give up many of their rights and quote-unquote sell themselves to the NCAA. They lose the right to their personal likeness and universities are allowed to sell jerseys with their names on the back without ever having to pay any royalties to the athlete. In almost any other area of business or entertainment, this is completely illegal. Now I know what you're thinking. It sounds like there is near no benefit to playing for a college program, so why do elite athletes still do it? Many professional leagues like the NBA or the NFL require that potential draftees are at least one or three years out of high school before being eligible for their draft. Athletes are essentially forced to attend college because they are not allowed to enter the professionals and begin making money immediately, and not playing at all would send the athletes completely off the map and destroy their chances of being drafted one day. They really don't have any other option. Many athletes also argue that the value of a scholarship is diminished because of the increasing demands of playing a sport on the collegiate level do not leave the athlete much time to focus on academics. Overall, from the player's perspective, the NCAA has created a system of manipulation in which the players are exploited for billions of dollars and forced to make the NCAA money for many years before they can properly profit off of their own ability. I think it's important to look at an issue through every possible perspective because it's very easy to fall into a warped or biased view if you get too caught up in just one perspective. For example, if you only looked at this issue from the perspective of the players, you'd be totally convinced that the NCAA is an appalling organization that manipulates young men and women, young men and women out of pure greed and has absolutely no reason for not giving the players what they deserve. This experience has definitely caused my perspective to shift. The media often tried to portray the NCAA as a big bad bully that takes, er, and often takes the side of the players, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, and I think it's good to stand up for the comparatively powerless, but I did find it interesting to examine the NCAA's reasons for not paying their athletes. I think it's important to consider the perspective that reflects the beliefs of the largest amount of people because it helps create a balance in an argument and stops any one group from becoming too influential. I don't think it's possible to say that one side is necessarily right in this case, but I don't see any change happening soon as the NCAA essentially holds all the power in this scenario and it doesn't look like they're budging on their position. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful and interesting. Thank you for listening.